What's going on guys 360 digital closing bell here. I am your humble humble correspondent Michael Tanner joined as always by the executive producer of the show the purveyor of the show and the director and publisher of the world's greatest website oil and gas 360.com Stuart Turley. Stu how are you doing on this beautiful July 31st morning? It's Friday. It is a Friday. You have a hall pass. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, and we got a stacked show today. Oh, if you want to talk about one of the busiest shows we'll probably have today, I'll forewarn you, if you don't like earnings and you could care less, just turn us off. I mean, I would just, I would listen to the Adam Atene sponsor read, and I, we, we've got a couple things, but, but, but really, there's going to be a large chunk where we've got to cover earnings. Um, you know, we have, you know, besides that, we're going to check in with the levels of crude oil. Um, the 360 official, non-official fund is suspended. But guys, thank you for joining us. Episode 30, 37 here. Like I said, we're recording this. It's 7.24 a.m. here, so market's about to open here on this gorgeous Friday. I am ready for this week to be over, Stu. I mean, talking about having to, you know, day-to-day living in all this earning stuff, woof, guys. But really, before we get going, I need to tell you about my friends at Adam at Teen Energy and what they're doing for social risk. And you might be asking yourself, like, what even is social risk for the energy industry? Trust me, I've asked my question that many times. And, and, and really, it's not just you think it's community opposition to all of these projects you're doing. But it's not. It's way more than that. It's everything from the success of the divest of fossil fuels movement, all of this investor engagement that's going around your ESG programs, to all of these individual states setting these wildly ambitious decarbonization agendas. Trust me, we've been following Boulder. If you've been following Boulder County here in Colorado for any length of time, you know that to be true. Social risk right now, it seems like it's everywhere and multiplying like zombies. And that's why your company needs a strategic partner to help you assess and prepare for all of this social risk and add to energy is the leading consultancy that's helping the oil and gas sector do just that. They're led by Tisha Shuler, who's love her. She's the former CEO of the Colorado Oil and Gas Association. Um, and, and they're helping guide energy companies just like the ones you work at to help explore your exposure to social risk and your options for response and how. And, and really, the other thing is what your peer companies are doing because that's the key. That's a lot of the key part in access to capital. It seems high school, but some, now you're comparing yourself to everybody else, not just what, you know, now it's, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, I may have gotten a C on the exam, but what was the average? So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a little high school, but that's how all of this capital stuff works. You, it's where you are relative to your peer companies, not necessarily just how good you are. So that's why knowing exactly where your peer company is at is an important part. That's what they can help you out. She also hosts a great podcast called the Energy Thinks Podcast. Just had the, Willi- the CEO of Williams, Alan Armstrong, on. Wild interview. Got him on there for about 50 minutes um, talking everything from how he feels the industry is going to change the COVID um, and how he feels that this kind of the, the, the switch of the generation that he's seeing in terms of what his executive board and all that just wild interview. Check that out. Energy Things Podcast, iTunes, Spotify. You can also check it out. I'll be putting that up on YouTube soon, I think. I need to get around to doing that. Um, but uh, you should also check out everything out of the energy, www.energythinks.com. Sign up for her weekly newsletter. Trust me, her competitor, your competitors are reading it. You should too. You should also follow this podcast, the 360 Digital Closing Bell, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. The best place for all of your energy market stuff. Connect and follow with Oil and Gas 360 on all the social platforms, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook. We just, we, we just posted a press release uh, last night talking about the huge find that Apache had at Block 58. What was it? It was like, it was, it was, I think it was, I don't have it up in front of me. I'll, I'll get it up as we go through other shows. I think it was, it was over like 1,400 feet of pay. That's some, that's a lot of green right there. That's a lot of green right there, Stu. 
Hey, uh, also Apache is participating in the oil and gas conference and one-on-one. If you're an investor and you want to talk to the, the people at Apache, sign up for the, the oil and gas conference at... We'll run over at the end of the show who kind of list of presenters and all that jazz because it's 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 going to be really sweet. But guys, check out theoilandgasconference.com. Stu is also in charge of another great energy thought leadership podcast, the Energy Three Sixty podcast by Enercom, and he I, we're we're kind of taking a little we're kind of pulling off um, the gas a little bit. We had over fifty app. We were cranking out two to three a week religiously for about eh, three about three ish months before we decided to tailor it down these next couple weeks because we've got the oil and gas conference coming. We're doing a bunch of pre records for that, so we're not stopping the pre records. We just we just can't quite air them yet. But uh, do we have anything? Coming Coming up, and do we have anybody you're eyeing for once this conference gets done? Uh, yes, uh, we have a, some very big worldwide folks already on the books, and uh, people were clamoring to get on, and I've had to push them out. Uh, one of them is Worldwide Oilfield Service Corporation that has seen it all. They actually run medical supplies to offshore fields, so we got Ooh. some cool stuff going on. I love it. That makes – it's exactly what um, I want to hear. I've got some guys clamoring in my DMs to get on that podcast. I'll often run by you. Some interna- it's some international stuff, so I figured you might be interested. We'll have to figure it out. But um, we've released some really good ones. The, the one we just did with TGS has gotten a lot of traction, specifically on social. I've been seeing the numbers on that. Woo-hoo. So good, 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 good there. You know. You were going to say – what were you saying? Uh, that they had, they did. They got a lot of traction. We also had an excellent one from uh, Inveris on the Oklahoma regulations that got a lot of good traction this week as well, too. Yeah, I need to honestly, I I cut that one up, but I didn't actually listen to the full thing, so I need to actually sit down and listen to it. I, the, you know, the first you know the 10 15 minutes I caught of it was was really good. So you guys can check all that out. Energy three sixty podcast. Available on the world's greatest website, oilandgas360.com. I mean, I've kind of been delaying the inevitable because all we have to do is just chat earnings, but I think it's time we go ahead and do it. I mean, that was really, I mean, it, it was the story of the week. Um, and if, if, if you go on any website and they don't tell you that, they're wrong. So that's why you got to go to oilandgas360.com because that's what we have as the lead story. Um I mean, when we look at just the raw list, let me just kind of read you the. I'm, we're not going to go over everybody who released earnings. It's we, we don't have that kind of time, nor do I have the desire to actually do that. But I think there's some select companies we can go over that glean some insight into different parts of the industry and maybe where that lines up, but also kind of breaks from some of the theories that me and Stu have been throwing out. So I'm just going to roll through right now a fat list of what we had. Week started July 27th. EQT, 28th, we had DTC Energy, National Oil Well Varco, hiring a business development manager I saw on LinkedIn today. Pemex came out, Edison International, Enbridge Enterprise Product, Hess. Now we get into July 29th, which is two days ago. Hess, Liberty, uh, One Oak, artist formerly known as Encana, Hess Midstream, Neighbors Drilling, Concho, QEP, Transocean. Now we're into the 30th, CNX, WPX, Intero, Apache, Conoco, Southern, Cabot's now. Now we're talking about what comes out today, so we don't necessarily have these numbers yet, but we'll have them for the closing bell for sure. Cabot, Exxon, Dominion, Chevron. Woof. What a list. And so really, I mean, it's it's not your pure Permian players. I mean, you know, we still have you it, it, it it's much more of your bigger, what I would say more integrated companies who might be a little more bigger. And 
and that even makes kind of the theme of what happened this week worse. I think because when you look at that, when you read off that list of companies, those are some big boys. I mean, yeah, you have you have some of the bigger gas and oil producers in that section. I mean, outside of I don't see Pioneer, and I don't really see you know there's 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 some scattered ones that we're not that we're not seeing. I mean, Parsley's gonna you know what I mean, but really, I mean that that that's a big list of some of the larger and the theme of the week was not good, not good. There was. A lot more, well, one, we saw a lot of cheating on crude oil volumes. We saw some cheating. Now, um, that's okay. People still need to make some money, but we saw some cheating. So, and that's okay. We also yeah. saw, uh, yes, we did. We, 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 you guys go read the 10 Qs. I'm not, I'm still pouring them over. Go read the 10 Qs. Um, we know who's cheating or not. Um, but really, the biggest thing that I saw, I mean, we'll start with with, with, with the natural gas companies, specifically Enbridge. Um yeah, Enbridge Enterprise Partners. Natural gas did well. You saw, I mean, I mean, Enbridge had forty percent increase in revenue year over year. They had a profit of about one point three billion over about eight point four billion in revenue. So that shows you the resiliency of a natural gas physical infrastructure. And it now, I mean, it make, this is why Warren Buffett buys Dominion. I mean, why? It, it's it's for that that quarterly statement right there is the reason why he buys it. I mean, and Dominion's going to release later today their quarterly statement. I'm 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 going to bet it's going to look very similar because that's what you saw in all of these. Um, Hess Midstream turned a partner when Hess Midstream uh, turned a profit when Hess did not, and they can include it in their non-GAAP accounting software, and they still don't even turn up. Unbelievable. So we'll get in we'll get into that in a little bit. Michael, um, some of the people we did see this week are all midstream. Midstream are still. Yes. Midstream's, midstream's competing right now. Midstream is doing very well at competing. Um, now, friends over at Liberty, and not good. I mean, we saw, just to kind of give you an idea of how hard the oil field services company, and this is specifically, and Liberty is one of the smaller public service companies. There are way more private companies that may not necessarily be as big as Liberty, but you can probably follow the same, I would just say scaling factors. Because to give you an idea, last year, Liberty, pure, they do other stuff, but mainly they do fracking. That's the majority of their business. $542 million in revenue. This quarter's due $88 million. So to give you an idea of what these, and, and that's going to, and that's going to be the same if you're uh, if all you do is workovers, you're going to see the exact same type of percentage cut. Unbelievable. You know, um, uh, Chris, uh, right. The CEO over there, he is outstanding. All the employees are outstanding. And when they had financial difficulty, I have to go fact check the number, but the board, I mean, all of the executives, 60%, I remember exactly that's the kind of leadership that is uh right in there with the truth yeah and, and i mean he, but you look at the numbers i don't know how much that's gonna help i mean you me but it, it, and this is there i mean you want to talk about a liberty is one of the few companies that when i read in their earnings call we covid just killed us you can believe it i don't believe that i don't believe that uh let's just Let's. I'm, I. We don't need to get into it quite. But like, there, you, you read it on some companies. I've been reading it on some companies byline, and it's like, well, you're just using this as an excuse. So you actually, when you read some, of, so when you when you read that in an earnings call and you hear that from, you can actually believe it because the numbers fairly bear it out. Um, and the other interesting thing that I saw 
So yesterday we saw Concho. And um, Concho is a really, and you know, as we know, is a uh, based out of uh, based in Midland, um, with headquarters there. Um, really good stuff over in uh, the Permian. Um, some of the some really good rock. Uh, now they're and 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 they're just that's you know because they've just been around for a while. A wolf. Um, you look at their their. their t- I mean, their 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 quarter looks okay. On, on the face, you read the headlines: four hundred seventy-four million in revenue, earnings one point three uh one oh a dollar thirteen per share. Um, but the stock price is down. Why is that? You pull in a dollar thirteen per share, stock price is down. It's down seven percent. Why? Well, we gotta dive into the numbers here, and this is people where. We've been, we talked about it lightly in quarter one when quarter earnings went over that. But the difference between gap and non-gap accounting methods, and I mean, it, it, once you kind of understand what gap actually means, it makes sense. Gap stands for generally accepted accounting principles, which is a standardized way of doing accounting. Well, if you throw the word non in front of it, that means it's not generally accounted practices, which basically means you can do whatever you want, and it's and. I mean, there are, you can't do whatever you want, but you really can. That's where all of these, I mean, that's, it's really non-gap accounting principles is what saved shale oil and gas, I think, over the past five years. Um, It's one of the key savers because people went from, well, we don't need to look at revenue. We don't need to look at profit. I want to look at, you know, people were looking at profit for foot you drill. I mean, there were some weird things getting thrown out in these investor I mean, you'd see a slide deck and it'd be like, we made $37 per foot we drilled. What? Like, what does that even mean? I, I, I mean, maybe somebody, I mean, maybe, I mean, I don't, that's probably a terrible example. I mean, those are some of the things, it was unbelievable to see. You know, EBITDAX, uh, earnings before uh, tax and all that, and then before exploration, then you got uh, EBITDAC, which is earnings before taxes and COVID. That's a new one. Yeah, it's, it's, so what's funny is, so, so if, so Concho decides to come out and they say, um, Dollar thirteen earnings per share, but their stock price is down. Well, what 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 does that mean? Well, the issue is when they give you that earnings per share in the byline, that's a non-gap number. So if you di- if you actually read the article, you, the headline says earnings per share one dollar thirteen. Well, because that's what happens. It's just, this is how the headline gets grabbed. We all know how the headlines get made. Um, and then you go in and you look and you read the numbers, and that's a non-gap number. And the only way they were to get that is if they subtract out the derivatives losses from their hedging. So really, they lost about uh, 200 million in the quarter. That earnings per share should be about thir- negative 13. They got about a dollar increase per share, which is unbelievable. But that just shows you the difference, guys. So please, when you're reading these quarterly reports, gap versus non-gap. Because trust me, traders are looking at gap. They're not looking at the headline because they don't get the headlines. They're in the terminal. And they've got, they know the numbers that they're watching. Then, and, it, and once it releases, it, it auto boom, they trade. So that's where, you know, I, I, I you know, you get a lot, I, I get a lot of questions. Well, there's positive earnings. Why is the stock down? Well, read the report. That's the, you know, there's gotta be something in there that people don't like. And, and, and generally you can figure it out fairly quickly, whether it was way low, you know, a lot of these companies, some of these companies, they were cheating on oil production. So that, you know, companies, you know, stock investors didn't like that. Um, 
let's see, you know, impairments, a lot of, you know, a lot of this stuff. So like big boys, this is another thing you're going to see. So like Conoco, Shell, Exxon, um, they're all writing down assets. Well, it's going to be very interesting to see what their gap versus non-gap. Cause when you write something down, you can kind of slip that out of your non-gap accounting metrics and Hey, we turned a profit. No, you wrote down 22 billion of assets, but in a non, you know what I mean? There, there's, you can kind of, it's, it, I'm not a CFO. It'd be interesting to really actually kind of sit down with somebody and have them explain what the difference is and, and how they, you know, and how you can do it. But maybe that's something you got to give the podcast. We got to find a CFO willing to sit down and explain the difference between gap and non-gap. Honesty and dishonesty. I've always hated EBITDA and EBITDA whatever Evo, whatever you want to make it as well yeah so i mean we have some other highlights um apache actually turned a really good quarter you know they actually released see this is and so this is an idea where oh negative earnings per share 74 stock went up why well let me read the read read the fine print one great find off suramine they just announced block 40 so that has something to do with it that's not all earnings you know that stock price yesterday even though they released earnings, is not all necessarily because of, uh, um, excuse me, necessarily that they lost. I mean, th- their earnings, even though it was negative 74 cents a share, it was okay. I mean, it was it beat expectations, but it's still negative. The fact that they, you know, baked into that increase yesterday, it was like the three-ish percent. What is the patchy at yesterday? They're up now. Now they're down a little bit. They were up, it was like 12%. It was, it was something big yesterday they were up. Um, and that was a lot to do with that Surmine find, which has turned out to be unbelievable, Stu, the amount of recoverable oil that's there. Because that's off. That's then, offshore where again? I'm not good with this stuff. International. Suramine, right? That's his country. Yeah. Cool. So whatever that is, I think it's somewhere off Africa, I'm pretty sure. Um, but we have, so, I, think, I mean, I that's... Yeah, you've got terrible internet, Stu, but that's okay. We we could continue to work through this. I mean, really, the on my end, you know, Southern Gas Company came out. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, so here we go. Southern Gas Company came out four point six billion in revenue, only down nine percent from a year ago. They actually turned a positive earnings per share. Stock price fairly flat. So that's that's something where. You know, gas companies and, and, and that gas infrastructure is, is doing well. And I'm just trying to kind of pour over my list of earnings here. And this is where, when, when you look at a holistic view, I think, you know, two weeks ago, me and Stu came on this podcast and said, okay, here are the things we're thinking about for earnings. And we said, we think natural gas is going to do well. And we think international is going to do well. And one of those was right. And the other one was wrong. The one that was right was natural gas companies doing okay. Um, we, now that's not something that I don't, and that's not an opinion that just me and Stu share. That was an opinion shared by a lot of people. So we didn't really walk out on a, a ledge per se to be like, oh, natural gas infrastructure, natural gas companies are gonna do well in quarter two. What I think we walked a little bit on a ledge on was was looking at international earnings and, comp, and, and the international blend. We have, we have been very hot on the international scene for a while. I mean, I mean it makes sense. Stu has really turned the international news desk into a internet phenomenon. Um, the, the traction we're getting on it is, is unbelievable. If you can actually see the numbers of how much we're shifting from U.S. to becoming, you know, almost a really good blend of 
you know, last quarter one, you know, Schlumberger came out with a surprise. You know, Schlumberger is a really good example of somebody who who competes heavily both in the international and the U.S. market, and they compete differently. They're really different business. Now, I wouldn't say different business models, but they're very different business units. You have people, you know, you know you're not getting, you get hired by Schlumberger International. I think it's a different company. I don't know how it all works specifically. I'm not sure the, the legal structure, but they really operate as, as separate businesses. And, not, and obviously their North American business in quarter one took a hit. But their international business was up 19%. Big surprise. And so that's where, you know, that number, along with kind of reading the tea leaves that we saw, especially sitting in on these energy expert interviews with people who provide services to international companies. And we heard from, you know, 10X Technologies that they were seeing the biggest growth internationally. We, we, we were following all of these stories on top of reading some of the Q1 earnings tea leaves and saying, oh, well, we think international might actually be a positive. It wasn't. Schlumberger come out and actually got decimated internationally, um, as we saw last week we covered it. Um, as we look at some of the companies that have um, released, yeah, Conoco came out. I mean, you talk about all the big international players that have come out recently, and some of these don't necessarily make it. It's not necessarily has been good. Schlumberger lost money internationally. Halliburton, they're basically completely out of the international game right now. They're only, for, you know, because of all of this. Um, BP, you know, a Shell. Historic losses, as we remember, they wrote down $22 billion, <coughs> And about the half the charges were just uh, attributed to its gas business. But <coughs> they came out with their earnings. What do we got here? Second quarter loss, $18 billion for Shell. And that's completely international related. They don't operate much. They operate some here in the U.S., but that you want to talk about an international that and that and this is a company that can afford to not necessarily throw their non-GAAP numbers up front. They don't really care. They can they can afford this. Eighteen billion dollar loss. Woof. Now, okay, that's you know you got to remember twenty. You know they did a twenty-two billion write down, so that's that number's a little obviously inflated. But they made three billion last year in the same quarter. And first, first quarter loss since the third quarter of 2015 for Shell. So, I mean, that is a, that is an unbelievable, um, that is an unbelievable um, number right there. And I think we were maybe a little bullish on uh, what we thought the international game would be. I think it's going to recover quicker than if we see oil stabilize at 40 bucks, but it got hit just as hard in quarter two, specifically through this COVID, as everybody else. I, I think really the one, you know, I think what you know what this confirms is the one shining light through all of this is natural gas. And again, it's why you see companies like Berkshire Hathaway, is owned by Warren Buffett. It's why you see them buying. It's why you're going to see these. If you're if you own physical natural gas infrastructure, you are going to you are going to be in the game, and you're going to be profitable, Stu. That's my big takeaway. Is is you know we I think we hit it on natural gas, but I think we swung it missed on the international. I don't know what else the the, the other takeaway you have from earnings, but I, that's what I've got. Um, what I did see is a consistent is when you take a look at the ones that did well. I was double checking on the ones that I did, and they all had ESG plans. So anybody had a sustainability and ESG, it seemed like there was a correlation. So I'm trying to get a better number. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I completely agree. I think it's, it's, it's a good, it, it was interesting earnings. I think, you know, 
in terms of it, it was as bad as what everybody thought. You know, pretty much everybody lost. You know, you know, in terms of this week, it's 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 not the outlook hasn't been good. We again we're cheating on volumes. It'll be interesting to see how some of these pure. So you know, we see some more pure shale players come out next week, and as as we fall in the next two weeks, it'll be very interesting to see. Like I'm interested. You know, company does release a log at six parsley. I'm in. You know, um, uh, um, or excuse me. You know, parsley's coming out. August 6th, I'm interested in them. Laredo Petroleum, I'm interested in. Devin, I'm interested in. Continental, I'm interested in. Um, Will, you know, uh, Williams is going to come out as a natural gas player. Interested, because that's going to continue to confirm. So that's my early, those are my two early takeaways. I don't want to pound on them too much, because we got some other stuff. Um, interesting story that ran on Oil and Gas 360, and we talked about this in the closing bell. Um, Blackstone, actually, who owns this uh, new company called Beacon Offshore Energy, uh, raised their stake in the Shenango offshore discovery down in the Gulf of Mexico uh, to 47% up from 16%. They actually bought out logs, um, you know, the, the, the firm log. And, and, and what's actually funny is Beacon Offshore Energy, I, I have a buddy who's work who works for Schlumberger as an offshore mud engineer. He's been a, Beacon's only been around since like February. So he, he'd been working on BP rigs for like two years, just doing mud. He finally in February got switched because there's this new company who was telling me about Beacon. He's like, he never heard of them. But he heard they were all ex-log employees. So then now they ended up just buying out the company in their own thing. Um, some wild people, though. I've, I've heard these guys are cowboys, Stu. I've heard they're... Um, some of the things that I've, I've heard, it's a little wild off there. So, uh, good for them. Uh, it's only a $250 million project. That's actually, uh, um, invest in the, and they're expected to generate about 1.3 billion in cash flow. And it's, you know, the production forecast is set to begin in 2024. So it's gonna be a long time before you start seeing that, but, uh, 250 million spread that out over four years. Yeah. Yeah. The numbers work might as well. I mean, and, and, and so this is where it'll be interesting to see, you know, capital, you know, probably still going to be able to uh, go offshore. And that was another thing. Transocean release earnings, positive. They were up 9%. And now they're, you know, probably one of the few companies that are, are going to, you know, be able to still sell offshore rigs. But, hey, they're they're signing contracts. They're, they're, uh, they got a sign to this rig. Um, this one's actually going, I, I read on, uh, I read on Twitter. This one's going, this is a, this is a 12,000 uh, uh, foot development. They're going 12,000 feet on this, or 20,000 feet, excuse me, on this one. Woohoo! I mean, Could be the longest one in the Gulf. For the, uh, Michael, you and I talked about offshore being uh, one of the ones that actually survives very well, but also uh, LNG carriers, LNG manufacturing, people making part LNG, um, like uh, the heavy industry is still a long-term good play right now. Yeah, no, and, and especially just because you, you know, I mean, the volumes are going to be able to make up for a lower oil price. I mean, it's just as simple as that. And I think banks are still willing to, to, to provide cash. I mean, you think, you think, you think Black, I mean, Blackstone may have, I mean, Blackstone's a little different. They may have the cash on hand to do this. Um, but you think normal people, it, it's, it's just, it, 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 so it's very interesting and, and it'll be very interesting. I've got, you know, Beacon Offshore Energy, wild, wild rig they're running. Uh, that's all I'll say. Now, you know, speaking of rigs, rig counts came out um, yesterday. Now, remember, Baker Hughes drops their stuff today. But if you're an if you're an Inveris subscriber, which you know we're not necessarily, we love those guys over in Inveris. They uh, they don't necessarily give us access to the rig data, but they do to S and P. So that's where we pulled it from. Rigs down six, not good. We were down two last week, two hundred eighty eight. Um, 
Permian did gain one rig, though, so we see some activity going up. Um, rigs were only lower in the Eagleford, but the Marcellus uh, shed one. Um, really what happened was we lost some offshore rigs. Um, so it's good to see Permian rigs tick up a little bit. I mean, really, you know, talk about flattening the curve. Um, sort of holding steady. They're good to see them raise up at one. Um Platts analytic, Mark Andre, here's a quote I really liked. We are expecting to see some slight up and down movement into the 280 to 300 rig range until something happens that would entice operators to make a move and a significantly increase or decrease rig activity. So, I mean, that gives you an idea. We're sitting at, oh, 288 rigs. Probably going to, you know, is what we're thinking. They're going to stabilize somewhere around this point. So, it'll be interesting. You know, as we, as, as we heard from Kevin last week, $40, $45 oil is probably not new rig cap capability, but, but, but 50, 55, you know, 45 to 50 maybe, and specifically 55 to 60. So um, that'll be very interesting to see. Stu, what do you have on the international news desk for us? Well, Michael, um, we had a really good week in the early part of the week. You and I had our Week Look Ahead podcast, and we really talked about the troubles in the Mediterranean and natural gas. Uh, we talked about the new yep. uh, technology that allows for uh, natural gas and hydrogen to be pumped in uh, on the same infrastructure. So that being said, there's a not necessarily a war, but it's almost a cold war going on in the yeah. Mediterranean for gas pipelines. And so I was right second time in my life. Um, uh, the next day, Turkey what do they say? A blind squirrel finds cheese back. once in a while. <laughs> yeah, I found my wife, so I'm lucky enough to find that. But <laughs> um, I feel sorry for. Her. Um, but anyway, so that's really nice because the whole play in Europe is defining what the rest of the world is going to be doing. Yeah. So that was really cool, and. Uh, Stu, you've got some terrible internet, my man. You're on mute now. I don't know what's going on. So, um, good, good international news desk stuff. I think it's time to just go ahead and dive into segment two um, and cover what's happening in, in the week upcoming in oil. As always, guys, this is sponsored by Sandstone Capital Group. You guys do insanely good research and provide all of the levels from the Energy Dome Solution. Guys, just check them out. SandstoneCG.com, 9.9561-1818. I promise you guys, they will help you solve your technology, your energy technology problem. When we look at oil this week, I mean, it was, it was I would say it's a, a bearish week. I mean, we, we saw a spike down to 38.80 um, yesterday, specifically off some pretty terrible earnings and coronavirus stuff, but we've since gathered now. We're still 40.26 right now and trading market. I mean, pit just opened about 30 minutes ago, so very volatile right now. So we see any huge swings. I'll let you know. Um, you know, I I, I, I I boomed the 30, you know, it's kind of funny. So we boomed the 38.80 level, and then that's exactly where it it hits before it rebounds back up. So I'll probably instill that as a lower, um, as our lower level here, but I'm not as concerned it's going to hit that. It's clearly acts as a pretty strong point of resistance, right, or a strong sign of support, which is really, really good. Currently bouncing between uh, 40.17 and 40.48, uh, 40, which is kind of two levels I really like based on some volume benches. Um... I also like 4062. Um, there's a really, really interesting chunk. It's been a really nice, you know, afternoon session, or really, it's been for a uh, majority part of the uh, volume in the morning got split right there. So I like that. Point of control for the week is 4027, though. So it'd really be nice to see a rise in um, 
and hopefully knock that out here soon. 4051 is a level I like. 40, 4187 I like as a, as a top. We only, you know, it's, it's a pretty strong side of resistance. We've ha we've attempted to break it twice, haven't seen it. So structure moving this week is fairly bearish, but I wouldn't take too much of a concern as long as we can keep that $40 level. I think that entices operators. So these continue turning, not turning some production on, but but picking and choosing where they're going to attack and, and maybe doing some new drilling. When we look at the EIA, it was, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a big number. So, so field production stayed uh, same. We only had 11.1 uh, .1 million uh, barrels for U.S. field production. Crude inventories on the total week were down 10 million to 525 million. Cushing crude stocks dropped, which is really, really, or uh, Cushing crude stocks dropped, uh, uh, rose just a little bit, which is good. Normally we've been seeing DOE. Normally we've been seeing international, or normally we've seen everywhere but uh, Cushing drop. But, or, or I had that flip-flop, excuse me. We've seen everywhere rise, but Cushing fall, and now we just saw the opposite. Cushing decided to rise this week, and the rest decided to fall, which is good to see. We're finally uh, utilization um, up a little bit, up about 2.5% or 2 full percentage points, 79.5. Uh, That's a good, good, good number for demand right there, especially trying to get that above 80. would be great to see recent gas prices about 2.18. All that brought to you by Intercom Analytics via on the oil and gas uh, via the world's greatest website, oilandgas360.com. I mean, that's really all I've got for oil this week. I mean, really, the the you know, from a trading level, I wouldn't trade oil for during the week of earnings, but also oil price doesn't necessarily have anything to do with earnings. So if you do want to trade oil, I mean, really the big topics I'm thinking and I'm looking for is, I mean, I mean continue to watch these coronavirus numbers. Um, I think there's some 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 demand numbers that you're going to see pop in and out that could be interesting. I think there are some select companies um, that have some earnings that you should pay attention to. But really, I think watch for some of the D, you know, you know, you know, watch from some of the DOE stuff coming out. There's some very interesting reports that have been dropping, um, and just really get tapped into the order flow. I couldn't, I couldn't, I can't preach this enough. If you're going to get in and actually decide to trade oil right now, gotta run order flow. If you're trying to reprice action, it's you're going to get yourself. Uh, queued up in a ball so i know Stu's having some trouble with internet do you got anything we need to cover before we let these guys go now nah, it looks like he's good so all right well we're gonna go ahead we've ordered the 35 minute mark here so i think it's a good chance thank you for listening through us as we barrel through earnings big week coming up for earnings but guys we're gonna go ahead and let you get back to work thank you for checking out the 360 closing bell here on itunes spotify and youtube and the world's greatest website www.oilandgas360.com we will see you guys this afternoon for the digital ticker